Welcome back to From the Stand Sportscast. You're joined here with myself, Sancho Managaza, and I'm with my co-podcaster, Ben Lubusani. Sorry, guys, I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> no, it's been a while since we recorded, so it's a bit crusty, a bit rusty, but like, I mean, we're out here. Uh, ben, let's say hi to the people. Tell them what we have about. Yo, 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 what's up, guys? It's Benjamin Busane, um, aka Pepsi. Um, yeah, so this week we've got um, documentaries and movies that have shaped sports, um, and we will be reviewing them. Um, and today we are reviewing one documentary and one movie, and that is Remember the Titans and Drive to Survive on Netflix. Yep, yep, so yep, yeah, yep. Two movies. Let's, let's tell them what. Tell them what? <laughs> let's tell them. Let's tell them what what we've gotten from the movie and the documentary. So, firstly, we'll start. We'll start with the movie. You wanna start with the we'll movie? Start with the movie. Okay, no problem. Yeah, we can start with the movie. Remember the Titans. Mm. So, so I recommended so, Remember the Titans to you, of course. And you watched it over yeah. the weekend. What do you what do you think of it? As I think, a I think movie, it's just a. Rem- I think, um, because we are situated in South Africa, I think, I think it's one movie that most South Africans can relate to, and Americans, um, to some extent, but mostly South Africans because we've lived in an age where we were segregated and sports brought us together. Mm. And that movie just um, reiterates that that message back into us and tells us that listen, guys, sports unites unites anyone, whether you are coloured, Indian, blue, green, whatever, <laughs> whatever you are. It it basically reunites us and makes us one. And the moment and and like with sports, there's usually one common thing that that most of us can relate to, you know. So yeah, I think it just reiterates the power of sports and what lies in the power of sports. Mm. Now, powerful, powerful, yeah. powerful. I mean, remember the titles for those who don't know is an is a movie that was released in two thousand. Um, it's based on a true story. It's based on a college team, TC, a TC, no, not college team, a high school team, sorry, a high school football team in yeah. Alexandria, Virginia in 1971, the season that they had. Uh, so, like, you know, with America, how, like, there were a lot of things, like, those segregation things, like, around about those times, um, they were, like, you know, they were, like, hectic, like the, the rise of the black movements, all of that, you know. So, in that time, Virginia, I think Virginia's in the southeast type of vibes, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, southeast yeah. type of vibes. So, like, I mean, generally a, 
I would say back in the day it was it was seen like a, as one of those like racist AIDS type of vibes. So like in this in this movie, um, T, uh, T like they follow this the school and T C Williams in Alexandria, like I said, and what's this? It's where it's I think it's one of the first schools in the region whereby um, segregate no not segregation. It's what's this? When to, where it, both races were like introduced into the same school like both both races both black and white were put in the same school for the first time like you know so that was a big deal so like you know the tensions around the racisms within the yeah. within the um, within the football team within the school within the community in itself because there was also like uproars whereby i think there was i think in the beginning of the movie a a, a, I don't know. It's a store guy, or a store. Some store manager killed a black kid. So there was hectic tensions within, um, within the city, and then like with the school now, you know, integrating this white school integrating black kids, and all of that, you know. So it's it's a pretty interesting movie. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm. yeah. And and you know, with um, coach Coach Boone, um, Coach Boone obviously is. Um, the black coach and he's the one that's actually moving his family away from north carolina and going to um virginia and it just reiterates what um it it, it has a lot of history behind it as well because with um martin luther king because if you did history you'll know that um martin luther king um did the civil rights movement um in 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 north in, in carolina and with him moving with that um, with that um, mentality of fighting against the KKK, well, mm. the, the Ku Klux Klan, well, that, that racist group, um, you will you will see that he came in with with a mind of non-hatred. So he wasn't racist or anything. Mm. He didn't hate anyone, um, and he came in and he just wanted to transform the team. And with that being said, it just shows that how a white man can learn from a black man and a black man can learn from a white man. Because mm. if you watch the movie, Coach Boone is actually the hard oak, you know, he's the hard coach. It's the same with, with police and detectives, you know, when, when they interrogate you, they bring the hard oak first, then the soft oak. Good cop, bad cop, yeah. Yeah, to find a balance. So with... with with Coach Boone, he's the one that's like hard and like telling Oaks to must work hard. So he's the one pushing the Oaks to the limits. And Coach Yost is the one that just like, you know, easens things down, tells boys to calm down, you know, play your game, do you, and you'll see the results. So I think with their coaching, dyma- their coaching dynamics, they are able to bring the best out of the team. Whether mm-hmm. it's from a, a point of, I've got confidence in you, and I think of, You've worked so hard for this. You mm. can't just, just let it go. Mm. Type of thing, you feel. So yeah, I think the movie just reiterates as well um, the the styles of coaching that that come through, and we see it today as well. Mm. You know, mm. Um, mm. for myself as well, I've, I'm, I, I've played rugby and I've had those coaches where one is so hard and wants you to push, um, and another one is like so relaxed and backs and backs you. Mm. So that kind of like you know gives you some confidence and like, you know what, as much as I'm going to push so hard because I'm going to impress Coach Boone, and as much as I'm going to have confidence in myself because I'm going to impress Coach Yost, it's going to bring the best out of me either way. 
And it's interesting so, because like so, uh, there's there's heavy dynamics within the within that team at that time, you know. Like you had mm. you had a what's this you had a very good like I mean the T C Williams team, Titans team that was the year before, like the white only squad, had decent players, you know, they had a set squad, they had a good defense on them and you know it's 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 those those tensions whereby like you like the schools come like the schools board because it's also a public school you know the schools boards come out and say that we're gonna yeah. have black people and then they eventually appoint a black coach and all of that so like it's those dynamics around like will i lose my place because of my, the color of my skin or will i make my place because of yeah, the color of my skin and all of that you know so like i feel like the way um herman boone herman boone handled that situation how he handled that season was like highly 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 praised like i don't think he could have done a better job you know like i mean they did go yeah, 18 and oh in, in the season i think they won the state championship um they, i think they yeah. it says in the end they were runners, they're like, actually they were runners up they were runners up. They were runners up in the country. Up. They were runners up in the country. I think they won the state championship. Because that final game. Oh, they won the, the movie, state championship. Yeah, the final game in the movie is the, the state championship game. So, like, they were best team in, in Virginia and stuff like that. But, yeah. Like, what would you say um, were your favorite, like, moments within the movie? From what you can remember, of course. My favorite moments Um... My favorite moment was when, um, well, I've actually got two. Can I, can, can I name two? No, 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 two? as many as you can, as many as you can. You don't have to have one. I've got okay. quite a few so, myself here. So the first one was that um, I remember when, when they had two separate buses and obviously the white guys went with the white guys and the black guys went to the black guys. Mm. I liked how Coach Boot chased everyone out of the bus mm. and said, um, you are going to sit with this person and you're going to be paid with this person for the duration of the camp. So meaning that you are going to be in the room with this person, you are going to be with them um, through everything, through training sessions, through everything. Um, mm. What's it called? Um, orientation and everything. You're going to be with them no matter what. And I just like how we... You're going to get to know, like, them, to know them personally. I yeah, think that was also yeah, a big yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Not that, that you're only point, just like grooming with them, but you get to know them personally, you know, as who you they are. Yeah, and, 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 and I like how he he, he implemented the, the style of blanket punishment. So he said that you're going to have three practices a day. Mm. So in order to decrease that, you get you have to know each other. That's another thing that I liked, mm. Mm. that he was, was doing blanket punishments of like, I'm punishing everyone for one person's mistake mm. or, or two people's mistake. So I like how he like introduced that coaching style into like punishing the whole team. And making him seem as one. And another, another, another moment for me was when um, Bertia and 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 the other guy, I, 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 Julius I Campbell. Julius, Bertia, Jerry Bertia, and and Julius Campbell when they fought. So basically, when Bertia finally said that um, we are a team, and Julius was like, "How are we a team oh. if like?" We, we all just don't pull together and how are you a leader if you don't have a team so i think that was also a, a moment of realization of oh shit we've integrated so much into each other it's just that we don't see that we're a team you know mm. and 
and and for Bertia as a white guy to say um, we're a team and for Julius to say we're a team, it means they see each other as one. Mm. So I just liked that as well. And and, and, and and last but not least, I like the the musical aspect to it as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How the, it, it, it just shows how music is all about. Music is all about interpretation. So how music has like brought them together once again, mm. how they've got one thing in common again, which is music and dancing. And each and every game they came out and they danced and they celebrated Gee, before the they played the game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I made uh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, no, definitely. So Those are big moments. I feel like I feel like one of the biggest elements, I think you mentioned it, that fight between um or that argument between Gary Bertie and Julius Campbell. I think it happened um yeah. after one of the practices, you know, like and they were pushed high and it's like dog is like um oh Gary 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 goes up to um to Julius and he's like dog Julius. like yeah he's like dog you, you you shit like you think you all that thing like you think you all that like you can be fucking good you like it's all of that you know but like you too full of yourself you're not for this team blah blah blah, blah you know all of that and then um Julius claps back at him is like yeah sure I'm not doing I'm not doing my job but like your wife your wife friends are not doing their jobs as well but you're not calling them out and then you're gonna call yourself a leader yeah that like a leader is a reflection yeah. of like what you do on the field and how you how you treat everyone else so i think that was big in True. especially within their relationship because i think it made it made gary like be able to realize that i have to be an equal i have to like um lead equally to everyone and treat everyone fairly as the captain of the team you know and not just yeah, shit on the yeah. black guys and not shit on my wife friends and shit like that you know and then that caused him that and, and with him um gay that is shitting on his white friends after the after that um that that chat with with julius julius it made julius realize that no man this guy actually can be the leader and is the leader that he says that he is and that like I yeah. should follow him. I should be part of this team. I should give my my hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. But y'all about fucking good moments that you yeah. had And 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 another another thing that really stood out for me was um, the leadership that Gary Bertier had. Mm. Um, that mm. Gary Bertier had was was when he called out his own mate, and that just shows integrity. Um, it just displays so much integrity where you could even call out your own mates, a mate that you've known for a long time and say this guy is not pulling his way towards mm. the team. And when someone doesn't pull their way towards the team, you have to cut the dead weight. You know what I'm mm. saying? And he really cut his own friend, you know, because in, in, in the name of the whole team. So it just shows of how um, if a collective effort weighs more than an individual effort, you have to cut the individual, you know. Exactly. Um, you, exactly. you, you have to, you, you have to, you have to think for the collective. So I just like that about 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 Gary, um, Bertier because his friend wasn't pulling his weight and he cut the dead weight and he told him to leave. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that I like about the American system, especially American football, where um, the captain has a say. Because yes, in in South Africa, in, in South Africa, yeah, we've got cricket, you've got your rugby, but your hockey, but your netball. But the captain really doesn't have a say. A captain really only has a say during the game. So mm. even out of the game, the ca- the captain can be like, "Listen, sir, I feel like he's not pulling his weight," and the and the coach 
immediately throws the responsibility back to the captain and says, mm. if you feel like he's not pulling this weight, cut him. You cut him. Because mm, you yeah. are the captain. And you are his age. And you are his everything. So, mm. you just... Yeah, I think, I think it's I, more... I just it's like more, that. It's more evident in cricket. I would, I would, from like what I know in my experience, um, like... In cricket, coaches on something that I mean, they they are they have their role and it's very vital, but it's not it's not that huge type of vibe, you know. In like yeah, especially yeah. in like test cricket, you know, in terms of team selection, in terms of plans, everything, a lot of a lot of responsibility, a lot of responsibility falls on the shoulders of a, of a captain. So I think in, in yeah. con- like contrasting to that and how Gabriel was given that 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 role and the responsibility is the sa- is, is the same you know i mean you look at like how coach boom his he had a principle of he doesn't cut anyone from his team because it's a public system there's a public school anyone who comes to who wants True. to come to play for me will play for me type of vibe you know and i won't cut any player you know because you coming to me i'm not yeah. being like i'm not chasing after you and all of that you know and then how gary yeah, had to cut his friend because his friend um, I think it was his best mate. Even his best mate wasn't blocking for um, Rev, the, the the quarterback, and the, and he eventually got injured. Yeah. So um, for my favorite moments, I think I mean you mentioned the bus trip, how he get, he got everyone out, told them that uh, was this defensive on this side, offensive on this side. I don't care what color you are, you know, sit with this man. That was big for me. Um, the morning run to Gettysburg Cemetery, I think that was that was big because I think it also made them realize that the fight that they are fighting amongst each other is really a futile type of fight and there's no like it's not that it's not necessarily but they should move past it because at the end of the day the person next to you is another human being is your brother and is going to be in the field with you you're going to depend on him as much as he depends on you you know type of vibe so i think that was that was a big moment that was a big big moment in the movie you know um and i think them like i think there was a moment where i think they won a game narrowly but they realized about no man like we aren't as good as we think we are sure we've won a couple of games but we still like and we got like we we had that camaraderie and we got back into camp like we were tight and everything like that but as soon as we got back to school um what's this we we just like fall into society or the norms of society of hating the person of the other race and not having that team spirit and that camaraderie and that meets i think they had a meeting in and I think it was the bos- basketball hall or whatever, something like that, you know. And yeah, like when the coaches like, didn't call the meeting. Yeah, they didn't call the, the team actually called the meeting the and team they were having the meeting, a team. Yeah. That was I think that was big from that from their side because it also it's it, it kind of I don't wanna say solidified, but it kind of brought them together into one one goal and one type of unity type of vibes, you know, like within the team. Yeah. And then um, I think an, another big moment was the semi-final. You know, you know how. Yeah. You know, you know that's just like a brief, a brief. Um, what's this backstory? So, like Coach Boom did, like t- took over from Coach Yost, who was going to be up for Hall of Fame in that year in at TC Williams, of course, as a football coach, stuff like that. And he took over 
when coach like un, like coach boom didn't know that he was going to take over but like the, the board made the decision but in the board making the decision they had like decided as well that if there's any slip up within the team so if like if the team loses one game um coach like coach boom is going to be sacked and coach us is going to be i was appointed as head coach so in the semi-finals so like the board bought the ref board like the refs were making stupid calls bias calls against them and stuff like that and then yost goes and tells off the ref is like your yeah, dog um i'm gonna like i know everything i don't care i'm gonna go to the papers and like if i go down i'm dragging you guys you guys down with yeah, me yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah and then he had that speech he had that speech um to the defensive team and it was like it was oh my god let me can i just like find it quickly because i took a screenshot of it and it's one of those speeches where it's just like it's it's, it's hectic so coach yost is like um or like is it calls the defense and then he called like he says p okay he's like pd don't you what's this don't you go on the strong side pd complains okay it's like um coach this is coach yours did i ask for excuses you better act like a star you better give me a star effort do you hear me and then pd leaves because like pd is also he's also like that that soft type of guy that you have to like um yeah. that you have to coddle type of vibe you know he's very emotional and stuff like that so yeah so he leaves and then coach yours is like forget about him alan you're in come on all right now all i want you to get i know i don't want them to gain another yard you blitz them all night if they cross the line of scrimmage i'm going to take every last one of you out you make sure they remember forever the night they play the titans that gave me chills fam that gave because the (laughs) way he says it and after that the defense goes ham on that team the defense goes ham and they blow them out i think like 44 something and that was like a yeah. flipping good team that they were playing against i think that was probably one of the one of the best moments of the of, of the movie and you know and you know the one moment that actually stood out for me and i think that um for south african sports as well whether it be netball hockey rugby badminton tennis whatever the case may be soccer um, I think we should take a moment out, a scene out where it was the night of the finals where um, everyone left the room and Lastic stayed behind and told Coach Herman, Coach Boom, that um, he made it to college, you know, because mm, mm, he mm. see average. So I think it's also like, I think Saru is actually working towards that as well because they're trying to filter more rugby players into Varsity and Varsity Cup. So mm. I like how how Coach Boone was so proud of Lastic that he actually pushed himself mm, to a mm. C, a C average, and that he could make it into into um, what's it called into into into, into varsity. Mm. And another thing, what I liked as well is that you need to understand when you're playing um, football, rugby, whatever sport you're playing in high school, you need to understand that there's a possibility that you are not going to make it professionally and i don't mean in a bad way but like you need to be realistic with yourself because if you watch the movie at the end it says that lastic was studying something in business in business management yeah and he went yeah. on in business he became you know? a businessman so, yeah in texas i think yeah you see in texas in tennessee actually oh tennessee so, tennessee um, is tennessee yeah yeah texas tennessee so i actually like how 
how like Coach Bruno so open to the thing of, listen, this is just high school, this is just a game. And he was actually made, he was made, actually made aware of that, that it's just a game by Coach Yost. That was like, listen, you have to really be hard on the boys. Yeah. Mm, mm. Um, it's just a game. At the end of the day, it's high school, and I like, uh, uh, as you said earlier on, I like how Coach Yost um, forfeited, well, didn't forfeited, but he sacrificed Hall of Fame, and mm, his daughter mm, was like, actually, mm. "This is actually bigger. This is bigger than Hall of Fame. We don't yeah, want Hall of Fame." Yeah. I didn't even want so, to. Yeah, that type of vibes. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, very good movie. Definitely recommend it to any, anyone to watch it. You know, if you're interested yeah, yeah. in like caring about like those those times, you know, football. I think that's another thing with American movies and American football. It's very, it's very like they've got very inspiring type of stories. You know, um, very relatable stories as well relatable stories and this is def- this is definitely one of them you know even the even the um, the story of who's this guy you were talking about now the c plus average i forgot his elastic um elastic yeah elastic elastic was someone at camp who was like now nah, coach I- i'm not gonna go to college after this like i'm not smart like that and then coach was like no no it's fine you are gonna go to college. Bring me your test after every test, like after every week, and we're gonna yeah. work on it, you know. And then he eventually made it. Even like during, like in the duration of the movie, I think Rev was also tutoring Lastic, and like you could see, Lastic was very frustrated with himself because he wasn't making the breakthrough and he wasn't making the progress, or he wasn't seeing the progress that he was actually making, you know. And he eventually made it. Went to college. I think he played like four years of college ball. And became a businessman, like you mentioned. You know, yeah, dog. It's it's a it's it's a fucking good movie. I just I, I, I don't know I don't know what else to say about it. You know, it's, I, I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. I really love it, it guys. But, mm. I think I think any 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 South African really, because um, I don't know what our reach is right now. But really, with South Africans, we can we can relate to this movie as much as we can relate to Invictus. As much as, as as much as we can re- relate to movies that are all about how we came upon freedom, you know, mm. um, I just um, even with the 2010 World Cup with a documentary on on Showmax, we we can relate to it so much mm. just because we can we can understand what what we've gone through as much as the Americans, as much as it wasn't as worse uh, as worse as South Africans went through, but um, Americans and South Africans can find common ground somewhere mm-hmm. um, where they can actually share the same experiences. So I, I, I highly recommend this movie um, if you want to if you want to watch it. Um, I highly recommend it and you will actually remember the title. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. You will actually, because of myself as well, um, I want to brush into coaching, so I, w- I will definitely remember the title. <laughs> I will definitely. No, definitely. It's, it's it's one to remember. Excuse the pun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, out of ten, what would you what would you say you rate this movie? You know, I'll give it. I'll give it a good seven. A good seven. A good. Seven. A, good a good seven. I, f- I feel like I feel like the places that they could have improved was the ending. Um, but it was just heartbreaking how how Gary Bertier um died. Sorry to sorry for the spoiler, but yeah, it's just it's just really it's just really heartbreaking for that mm, as well. Mm. 
Yeah, but like I mean, yeah. I think it's I think it ties everything up with 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 I mean Gary's funeral and the end. You know, I mean it starts and ends with it type of vibe. But like I think it, it, it yeah, ties yeah, yeah. it all up as to what each member of the team means to each other. You know, even when even when yeah. um like with Gary's accident when he's in hospital and Julius visits him you know and you can tell how broken yeah. he is and like you, you think back and you look back at the, like towards the beginning of the movie when in 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 the bus for instance when when Gary was telling Blue to to to, to stop singing to, to shut then, up yeah, yeah to, <laughs> shut, to shut up and then Gary was like yeah tell him that he's like you shut up too dog type of vibes you know you shut like, up that, too, that class thing, that yeah. they had within them it's like that 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 fight that they had you know even Gary admitting to 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 Julius that dog like in the beginning I was scared of the type of vibes you know yeah, and like yeah, I mean yeah, you yeah. you grew to being someone who like was my brother type of vibe and it's really touching you know it's very good movie and how and how and 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 how gary's mother as as old as she is and how long she's been living in segregation how she could accept julius as well exactly exactly and And that took time yeah yeah Mm. because because i remember when you got to the hospital he went to he, he, he went to gary's mom and the and and gary's mom was like um gary um gary does says he doesn't want to see anyone but, but you. you so yeah. i think that, that was also a thing of shit you know and, and and another thing was when julius went to go visit gary at his house and mm. gary's mm. mom came with a with a simple handshake with a simple and handshake and, and, and he just hugged yeah. her and picked her up and julius hugged her you know mm, and picked her up and I, I think it's a thing of um and oh yeah there's one quote from coach boone mm. um he said that never judge a man upon his race but rather judge him on his soul and i was like mm. yo yeah that's deep i think yeah. that's i think that's yeah. the crux of the movie you know when you're talking about like what the like what's the message of the movie and what's the message of like that team and what they stood for is don't judge a man by its by his color or how he looks or your yeah. first impression but like that you know judge him by his soul get to know by him yeah. you know get to know him get to know who he is his likes his dislikes yeah. and then you can judge who the actual man is you know true yeah 100 percent, 100 so yeah guys what what do you give this movie out of 10 i'll give it I mean, I, I watched it back after a while, and, and like you know, there was like little things that you can you can tell that I mean, probably weren't like realistic type of vibes and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, yeah. it's it's done for the theater and for for the movie, you know. So like, you those are the type of things you understand. But out of ten, I'll probably give yeah. it like an eight, a good eight. You know, I think the acting was solid, the emotion was there from the actors. They expressed it like very. Um, they 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 drove the point, and you actually connected with, with with each of the, I mean the main cast members. You know, you look at the likes of Rev, uh, PD, Coach Yost, mm. Herman Boone. You know, um, Jake, you know, it's a scary Julius. Um, all of them, like all of the main characters, you actually got to to know them, and you got to judge who are like who they are in terms of. Like their soul, you know, like how we were talking about it earlier, True. like how you judge a man by his soul and not by the color of his skin. The color of his skin, yeah, mm. true, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 
Yeah, so so guys, that was um, Remember the Titans. Um, it's a great movie. You can watch it on um, any streaming platform that you would like. Um, we don't want to um, promote piracy, but if you if you like pirating, then it's on you. <laughs> you um, we highly recommend it. It's a great movie. Go out, watch it. Um, it's one for the history books, and it's one that we'll always remember. Ex- excuse the uh, excuse the pun, but Definitely. it's one that we'll always remember. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mo- moving along to on, 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 on to driving to survive. Sandy, tell us what driving to survive is about. Okay, guys, drive to survive. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm very excited about this part of the of the podcast. Something I'm very passionate about. You know, I was actually thinking. Um, sorry to digress. I was actually thinking outside of like I realized outside of the main sports, right? Like football and cricket. Formula One is probably like my favorite sport and something that's very interested in. So, drive to survive is a Netflix series that follows uh, like that follows the seasons of um certain teams stories that happen during the season all of that you know so there's two seasons that are currently out on netflix um the first season it follows the teams of red bull reynolds force india who later becomes racing point mclaren has sauber and toro rosso now toro rosso is very like brief i remember and then in the second season all of the teams are involved um and it follows them like each like there are 10 episodes per season each each season has its own kind of theme and i think we are going to yeah. be getting into each episode's theme talking about it you know yeah but basically it's just yeah. it's it's an insight to the formula one world how it like um what's this, yeah. the, the relationships that they have you know the scandals that happen the news like but you you get from a first-hand mm. experience from the team principals from the drivers from the teams themselves you know the type of vibe from like from mm. different races mm. from race to race and it's it's not it doesn't only show the highlights of the team but it also shows the low points you know that i mean you look at episode seven for instance in season two which is about ferrari um ferrari starts out like it starts out well what they win in italy but then it ends with yeah. them struggling in the usa type of vibe so it's 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 very yeah. like it's it's got both sides of the spectrum the good and the bad it's a very good documentary in my opinion yeah mm. yeah and 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 honestly speaking i just like how how um drive to survive is so cutthroat you know, mm-hmm. um, actually, the the, the, the F one industry, it it is so cutthroat. I think there's no industry that I know personally um, that is as cutthroat as the F one industry is. Yeah, I feel like so. the the, tim, the team principals don't have much patience as much as any other industry. Yeah, you know, if you look at if you look at the rugby industry, sharp. You will go to another club, whatever. In cricket industry, you go shop. You go to another club and all that. Maybe some people will appreciate your services. But with F1, it's only one. It's it's only one. In it's only one industry. And with that being said, it's either you make it in F1 or you don't go to F2 because you're an F driver. You're mm. an F1 driver. Because mm. if you go to F2, you'll just extremely dominate. And I like how um, Toro Russell um, um, took up. Alex Albon and put him in 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 what what's it called in 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 Red Bull and they dropped um what's his name Pierre Gasly, Pierre Gasly. yeah we all they, that yeah, yeah. and they dropped him yeah so 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 I I just like how it's so like cutthroat of of, mm-hmm. of a thing of if you don't perform 
you are, you are going you're to out. get cut yeah. and you know exactly that you're going to get cut. Mm. I think what contributes to that is that it's such a small pool of teams. So the competition is so high and there's so many drivers that are out there that don't have a drive that like if you aren't performing, dog, like I mean we can get someone else. Like the F1 industry is very like their career is is I'm not gonna it's it's, it's hardly even guaranteed, you know. Like even yeah, with Lewis yeah. Hamilton at the moment, like his his future in Formula One is cut is kind of up in the air, but he's a like he's a six-time world champion, um, three champions back to back at the moment, back to back to back at the moment, and like his future's kind of up in the air type of vibes, you know, with with the re- like with mm. regulations mm. that are coming that are that are changing within the next couple of years. Same as Sebastian Vettel, especially Vettel, Vettel more more so than than Hamilton. Vettel has like under underperformed, and he's a four-time world champion. You know, so yeah, like yeah. it's it's a very tough business. It's a very like it's the and the margin for error is like so small. It is so mm, small. Mm. You know, you talk about tens of seconds that could actually make or break your career. And when you think about a second in itself, and you going to tens, that's that's how hectic and then that's how like dramatic it, it, it can get um but looking into like uh, okay so basically the main stories of season one were danny ricardo yeah so uh, his contract coming up and um him eventually moving to renault right yeah um there is the has drivers so there's a lot of issues with the has drivers in terms of them crashing into each other and 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 but then they pick like they get better because of how like the leadership that is shown by the team principal in Quinter Steinman. Yeah. It was a very I, I want to say like not necessarily autocratic, but like is a very it doesn't take any bullshit type of vibes, you know. And like autocratic, you know, yeah, type of vibes, you know. Mm-hmm. There's the yeah. there's the Force India scandal, you know. There's that, and then uh, what else is big? And then there's Carlos Sainz. You can you can argue. Oh yes, there's Carlos Sainz, who's who's also um, got his future. So starting with episode one, episode one, like it starts out. It's 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 it, it's mainly based on Daniel Ricciardo and um, yeah. his his fi- his final year at Red Bull. He didn't know it was his final year at the time, of course. But starting at the Australian yeah. Grand Prix, which is the first Grand Prix of the year, so it follows that, and it also follows the Haas drivers. Who had a double retirement in that in that in that Grand Prix? Um, any take from your side on that episode? So so basically, if you look at if you look at the F1 industry, right? I think um, with with looking into how the season is structured, mm-hmm. no one's safe. Mm. You feel no one's safe, and I feel with with Daniel Ricardo, as much as he wanted to make a statement, you know, um, at Red Bull before moving to Renault, um, he didn't have, in a way, you could say that he didn't have his his team's backing. No, he didn't. It, I feel. also don't believe. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like from the get go, they wanted to cut him from the get go. They, they really wanted to cut him. So um, Max Verstappen is the go-to guy at Red Bull. And they knew that if Max could just get a partner that would just be with him, mm. 
and be on his sort of like level, then they would annihilate any other opposition. But obviously, Mercedes Benz as well is an, is another topic is another talking point. Mm-hmm. So obviously, that will also like bring a, sort of like. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a rivalry between Mercedes Benz and Red Bull because I feel like that's really the 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 the, the contest in in Red Bull in, in in Formula One right now. It's Red Bull, um, Mercedes Benz, Ferrari in the mix here and there, but we've just got that contest and people are really watching Max Verstappen for obviously for one, he's one of the youngest drivers there, and two, um, he races for. For, for, for Red Bull and obviously the team principal is major cutthroat mm. and same with Mercedes-Benz they're one of the best in the world mm. so yeah that's what I feel like yeah now for like what you said I think I, I personally disagree I don't think Red Bull wanted to let go of, of, of Danny Rick, but I think it was like heavily evident that a lot of their energy and a lot of their resources were put onto Max Verstappen. I think they still did value Danny Rick because Danny Rick is probably like he is definitely top five drivers in the paddock. Like in terms of skill, like it's 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 undebatable. He's he's up there. He's like he's probably the best overtaker in the paddock. Like mm-hmm. no cap. Um, I mean, there's, there's there's a line that they usually say he's he's probably he, I think they say he's he's the last of the late like he's the is the last of the late last of the late breakers or stuff like that you know, and mm-hmm. breaking is is, is is a big thing when you're overtaking because that's like usually how you like a lot of opportunities happen there. I think they did value Daniel Rick and I thought I think they thought he was gonna sign with. Um, with, he was going to re-sign with Red Bull and stuff like that, and they were shocked that he he actually eventually signed with um Renault. with with Reynolds with Reynolds. But I for me I, I don't I don't blame Danny Rick with the decision that he had made because the car that he was in that year was actually I don't like I, I don't have any words as to what to say like how I don't even say it was bad. It was a very good car. Don't trust me, I'm quite was heavily unreliable heavily unreliable yeah like he was getting retirements left right and center in that year and it was actually sad because he actually wanted to do so well he actually wanted to prove himself you know and actually compete and punch above his i wouldn't say punch above his weight but like punch with the big boys you know because he's definitely capable of, of, of punching with the big boys um yeah, but I think that's that was that was a big that was a big thing. Uh, what do you think about the whole uh, what's this Reynolds versus Red Bulls feud? You know how basically what's this Reynolds was supplied Red Bull the engine was supplied by Reynolds, but they were not happy yeah. with it with the reliability issues with the way that it fit it fit the um the chassis and all of that, and then it eventually ended with Red Bull signing a um a contract with Honda. You know, with the Japanese, uh, what's this, with the with the Japanese company Honda, to Japanese to, um, to, manufacturer, yeah, manufacturer to be able to supply their engine. You know, what do you think of that? I feel, I feel like, honestly speaking, I feel like if if a company, if a manufacturer for that sense is supplying two teams with the same engine, it's not necessarily the same engine because one line lies with the with the brand's with the brand's um, image, um, so if Red Bull is faster than Renault and 
the engine is being supplied by Renault, then it looks bad on Renault. It looks like, hey, you're not supplying your team with a, with a good engine, you know? Mm. So I think they were looking out for the brand. Um, they were looking out for... Is this for, Renault or Webo? This is Renault. Okay. Renault was obviously looking out for their brand. And the reason why... They were, it was actually... A, I personally think it was a sabotage to Red Bull. Mm. You know, as much as Red Bull is a title sponsor, um, you need to give these guys the same engine and just let everything be done in the field and just let mm. everything be dictated by the field and the drivers that are driving there. So I feel like it was myself personally, I feel like it was sabotage towards Red Bull. But hey, um, what do I know? Because I've never been, I've never been team principal. I've never been in the, I've never been part of the Red Bull team, but yeah, yeah I, I personally think it was sabotage. But um, honestly speaking, I feel like Max Verstappen um, is a better driver than um, Daniel Ricciardo. So I, I feel like if they gave them the same, no. the same, no, <laughs> you disagree with me. I disagree. disagree Daniel Ricciardo def- is definitely a better. No, don't get me wrong. Max is very, like he's very, very he's good. good, and he's he's, he's very like, he's good, kicking on very well, you know. Especially when Max was like Max, in Max's early career, like when he was still partner with partner with um with Danny Rick, he had like he was very um what's the word that I'm thinking of? What's the word I'm looking of? He was very um I don't like he wasn't he wouldn't think things through type of vibes. Like I mean he would think things through of course, but like he was very his his decisions Rational. were very rushed and they're very impulsive. Impulsive is the word I'm looking for. It was very impulsive, yeah. so he would make like mistakes that a driver of his of his ability and someone of F1 quality in such a good car shouldn't really make type of vibes, you know. And I think for me, the reason why Red Bull did focus a lot of energy on and are focusing a lot of energy on Max for Spat- Max for Stappen is because I was his like Max Verstappen is eligible I think he's still I don't know if he's still eligible but he's eligible for being the youngest world champion ever type Mm, of vibe mm, so that mm, whole status mm. of um, Red Bull produced the youngest world champion because Max Verstappen is the youngest Grand Prix winner Um, I think he was 18 years old 200 and something days when he won Mm. his first Grand Prix you know you know he won his first Grand Prix before he even had his license like his driver's hectic. license. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you that his, I think he won his, I think he won his, or something, like, or it's either he had his F1 debut or he won his first Grand Prix before, before that, you know. And he was also trying to gun for youngest pole and he never, he, he didn't achieve that. Um, but yeah, I don't think Danny Rick is a better, I don't think Max is a better driver than Danny Rick. Danny Rick is a flipping good driver fan. I think he's a very, okay. very good driver. Okay, so so you, you you feel like with Daniel Ricciardo, it's in terms of experience. It's it's experience. It's it's experience. It's he's the thing is with Daniel. Okay, he's got experience. He's got pace, of course. He's got like I said earlier on, he's the best overtaker in the paddock. That's that's okay. un, that's like undebatable. Okay, I mean it's debatable, but like Daniel is the best. Uh he's got he's got Grand Prix wins behind him. He's like he's proven his tried and tested type of vibe, you know. It's one of those things. I don't think Danny like if you put Danny in, for instance, a for like the Ferrari, okay, not a Ferrari, a the Mercedes car alongside Hamilton. I think he okay. would have done a much, 
much better job than Bottas. Than Lewis. Than Bottas. Oh, than Bottas. Okay. Than Bottas. In 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 competing against Lewis is is what I mean. Okay. He would have done a much much better. I mean, Bottas is a good driver. He's definitely got pace, especially in in, in like quality, like a one lap in, in in a lap. He's got huge pace. Definitely punches with with the big boys. But when you spread it out over the race, that's where. He, he like I'm not gonna say he struggles, but that's where I would say Lewis pips in in a type of vibe. Lewis is a better driver because Lewis also does it well. Like Lewis has pace, but he also drives very well throughout the race. You know, he's very consistent. Yeah. Hardly makes any mistakes and all of that. So like yeah. So if you were to yeah. put I would say if you were to put Max and if you were to put like two hypothetical situations to put Max and Danny Rick in in um in that in that bottom seat, you know, I think Danny Rick would have done much, much better. Much better. Okay. Much, much better. Okay. Much, much then, better. Then 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 what do you think is holding uh what actually was holding Daniel Ricardo back at Okay, you said it's you, you said it's resources. You said it's resources. I think it, I think it was generally the car. You know, I think the car and the engine. Like for instance, when when Red Bull were under the Renault engine, the Renault engine in general didn't have that much horsepower compared to the Mercedes and like the Ferrari engine and the Honda engine. You know, um, so in terms of straight line speed, like it was a it was it was well known around like F1 and the paddock that in like in terms of straight line speed. Uh, Red Bull struggles a lot. That's why Red Bull like did well in like Monaco, you know, because Monaco isn't uh isn't a a speed circuit type of vibe. It's a very um it's a very handing type of circuit. It's very close court, yeah. like close yeah. quarters. Monaco, yeah. Mm, yeah, because it's a and street it's very circuit. Close and it's very too many corners and curves. Yeah, you see, it's, it's a very it's not a very fast yeah. it's not a very fast or speedy type of Grand Prix, you know. So yeah. that's where I think that's where. Um, Red Bull struggled. They never had the car to be able to compete with Mercedes to the extent that it, it would be ch- a ch- title challenging. Because, like, I mean, they could do well in races here and there. I mean, you look at how uh, I think it was Danny Rick in China 2018 in this season, the season that we're talking about. Um, he won that race. I mean, I think he put, like, there was a, a crash. Yes, there was a crash. Uh, I forgot who crashed into who. There was a crash, and then Danny Rick got in into Monaco. Into, no, 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 in in China, in China, in China, in China. Yeah, uh, Danny yeah. Rick, Danny Rick got in, got into new tires. Other guys didn't, and he was just having a phenomenal race. I think he made up five places all in all from the pit stop, you know, and eventually won the race easily. The overtakes that he was making on that day were just phenomenal. Yeah, so I think it was just generally the car that he he never found like the car that they they had at Red Bull, would, like it wasn't competing on that level. Here and there they could compete, especially they could compete with Ferrari type of vibes, you know. Especially yeah, yeah. Um, 2019 season when they got the Honda engine, um, but on the general the car like that's another thing is that that Mercedes car during this this period like this period since 2014 in the turbo hybrid era that that mercedes car has been 
a class above every other car a class each year they produced a brilliant car that works in all conditions in terms of balance straight line speed um good chassis all of that you know it's, it was a very good car they had very good strategies they had good drivers lewis lewis was at his peak and he was not making any mistakes and stuff like that so it was just too many like you know other things that are contributing to um danny rick not necessarily competing up there with the top out there yeah um and what would you say about the alex album story i know with the alex album story it brings out so many things that are not evident in the f1 industry and of how expensive it is to get into it i know you have to start i think at formula 3 or formula 4 where you have to start um um starting off to reach formula one so i feel like you have to start a go-karting and how expensive it was and with the alex Albon story it comes through as you know that alex Albon's mother was arrested for fraud um for where she was working um in order to support um alex Albon's dream and when she was arrested um alex had to sort of become the the father figure or like the male figure in the house because he he lives in a in a household where it's just his mother and his sisters and when the mom went to jail um he had to step up and be the man of the house and he's actually his community back at home in thailand um came through for him and um supported him financially and sponsored him um i think it was lotus that sponsored him um to carry on with his dream and at, at formula two so i think i think with um with alex Albon's story um a lot of people need to like take into consideration if you want to like go into f1 um or you have aspirations to be an f1 driver you really need to understand that it's so it's so it's so um it's so expensive to go into the sport yeah yeah i mean we can get into that like in more detail when once we speak about season two um but definitely formula one is our hard sport to get into you know in terms of the money because money does talk with 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 all of that um i want to ask you okay now talking about you know how force india the force india story with vj is it vj malay what's this um I don't know how to pronounce his surname. Malaya, Malaya, or something <coughs> like that. The, um, the Indian Malay. businessman. Yes, yeah. So how, like, his, I would say, personal, his the personal and business um, issues eventually affected the Formula One because he owned a Formula One team and shit like that. Um, like, what would you say about that? You know, how they eventually went into administration. How that you know it was it was just you know not pretty. You know, you know, it problems, right? Uh, the moment you have interests in Formula One or whatever soccer team you have, in all in, 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 in just sports in general, if you're a business and you go into sports and follow sports, I feel like with what happened to him, it was sort of like a thing of it was collateral. As much as it is a sponsorship, there was personal interest in it, hence why it went down with him. You know, so I feel like the sports was also issued as collateral into mm, him mm. sponsoring the well, him owning and the him, team yeah yeah he, him owning the team and obviously supplying money to for, for it to be run and everything yeah so yeah. i feel like it also came down as to 
um, collateral and once they were liquidating they had to pull him down as well and pull force Indian down as well mm. put them into administration and everything so I feel like that's also what weighed it weighed down force India um, just because of the repercussions of their their owner so but it, it, it's sports man it, it happens every now and then you know mm. it, it happens um, it's yeah, the same man. with Varsity Cup and Steinhoff Mm. It's the same with Varsity Cup and Steinhoff, how Steinhoff was caught in scandals with um, large accounting firms where they were seen they were doing corruption and Varsity Cup was like, we've got no- we-, we don't want anything to do with this. Please mm. pull your sponsorship away. We don't need Steinhoff. And, you know, it's, it's sports. These things happen, you know. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily based on the sport or, a- or any of the performance of the guys. It's be- just basically business related and there's nothing to do with sports all the time. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, for for those who don't know, like um, the VJI that we were talking about is an Indian billionaire, I think, um, mm. had various, various, various scandals. I think he was even in exile um, from India. That's like that's how deep everything went. Um, I think he had interest in, in, in IPL back in the day as well, type of vibes. And I mean, of course, he he had interests in Formula One because he like he invested into a team. He had the vision of having the Indian flag within Formula One, which is why Force India was a thing. Um, mm. And he he was and he was very like apparently he was heavily involved within the team. You know, like I mean, in the factory, like he was he was he was. He was involved. He would be there when they're doing the testing of a car, the welding and stuff like that. You know, even he would go to race weekends wherever he could, because um, you know he also had travels, travel restrictions, especially towards the back end of his Formula One tenure, for a better way of putting it. You know, and then eventually, he eventually, I think he got arrested. His assets got liquidated. Like I mean, this is also a very brief, yeah. very brief. Um, summary of, of this guy his assets got liquidated that I mean all of his businesses as well um, that included Force India the, the, the Formula 1 team and in came Lance Stroll the father of Lance Stroll um, Canadian business owner came and bought the team changed the name to Racing Point um, invested heavily in the team and I think that's where the money part comes into it in terms of like paid drivers and stuff like that which is a huge thing on its own um, Lance Stroll then had a seat that was guaranteed in Force India because even before that Lawrence Stroll had um, invested heavily in the Williams team and like because of that investment um well, since Lance Stroll was given a seat at Williams, you know, and he moved to, he moved to, he moved to, oh, look, why am I losing my train of thought? He moved to Racing mm-hmm. Point as a result of his father yeah. buying the team and stuff like that, which was, it was, I think it was heavily criticized because even Lance Stroll himself, you know, as a paid driver, you know, is, is something that's, is, is heavily criticized or people don't like in in in, the, in terms of the business you know and what a paid driver is is someone who who gets the seat who gets a seat in in formula one because like, i mean also in formula one there are 20 seats only 20 people that can race yeah. year in year out type of vibes you know so it's very limited like i said earlier on so he gets a seat because of his dad's interest so his dad is is like is a billionaire like i said think has net worth of like two billion um but his dad is like 
when he invests into a team, terms and conditions are that you're gonna give my son a drive, you know. And yeah, a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> and I re- and I real like I recently found out that um, Williams driver Nicholas Latifi is of is of the same is on the same boat in terms of the twenty twenty season. Yeah. yeah, he's also a paid driver where his father's also <laughs> a big businessman, you know. Um, paid driver as well type of vibes so yeah that was that was a very interesting interesting part of what's this interesting part of uh it, it was one about episode six episode five six when we were talking about the whole force india the whole uh, racing point scandal which was which was very interesting you know yeah yeah, mm. yeah. And, and 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 another thing is that um i think as much as we sportscasters and everything, we should also highlight the dangers of the sport, you know, because um, Alex Arborn lost his his mate, his good mate. Season two, mate. Um, season two. Season two. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. I know. I know <laughs> what you're doing, but yeah, yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you. Don't worry. We'll get to it. We'll get, we'll get to it. You, you're, you're a bit hasty, eh? <laughs> Dude, it's rough. It's rough. No, no, it's I rough. understand. It's very exciting because it's also one of those things where it just pops into your head like you actually want to just talk about it because there's so yeah. much to talk about you know in f1 um i mean we might as well just go to season one because like the rest of the season basically um it follows has with grosjean you know his seat up in the air and eventually he's given the drive by Gunter yeah. steiner yeah, yeah, um yeah, yeah, yeah. gasly versus leclerc which is a thing because oof, in that, oof, in that oof, year oof, it was oof. announced that gasly is going to go to red bull leclerc is going to go to ferrari so it was like a pre a pretty big team type of rivalry, you know, between Salba and um, Toro Rosso, which was interesting. Um, what, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, oh, what's this? The whole oh, Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz was also someone who was heavily followed within the series. I think earlier on in the season, there was an episode which was kind of dedicated to him. And his story, you know, which is interesting how um, when Danny Rick signed for Renault, uh, Renault decided that they're going to bin Carlos Sainz. And Carlos Sainz was someone who hadn't done anything wrong type of vibes, you know. But it's one of those things where a big driver or a big name like Danny Ricardo comes into the play and you up against um, was it Nico Hulkenberg, who's also an experienced driver, um, very respected within the paddock, comes along, and then was this, he he lost his seat. So that was very interesting in terms of following him, his story, having to fight for a drive because that's that's also what happens, you know, within Formula One is that because with some of these guys they find out pretty late, probably in terms of or not pretty late, but like they also like they find out within reasonable time but like towards the back end of the season that if they have a drive next year or anything like that because a lot of these teams it's like a, you have a year contract or two-year contract even if you have a two-year contract your your, your contract can be binned three months into it six months into it and stuff like that you know so um color science then eventually trying to fight for his drive for a seat at, at elsewhere and he eventually got it at mclaren with lando norris and yeah you know that was that was very interesting uh-huh. so yeah, no, season two season two season two what do you have to say about season two you know to go back again the danger of sport. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, obviously, every sport has its dangers, but with with Formula One, there's a there's a high risk of losing your, of losing your life. You know, um, and one person who passed away was actually Alex Albon's friend, um, which he had been rivals with, or well, was it rivals or teammates? I think it was uh, rivals. They semi-rivals, but good friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, I don't R- think they were but... in the same team or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But they both from France, grew up together, type of vibes, all of that. Yeah, yeah, type of thing. So he was very, he was very, he was very big on Formula One, and was he was trying to like go into Formula One because he was mm. like in Formula Two. And Alex Albon's friend died in front of Alex's mom and Alex's sister um, when the crash happened. And I, I, I remember it clearly, like it, it even broke my heart because they were interviewing Lewis Hamilton. Um, when the crash happened. The car, oh, yeah. yeah, when the crash happened. And it happened behind Lewis Hamilton's back. And Lewis Hamilton literally like looked back and was like, oh snap, I hope that guy is really alive. This is like, really, really okay, like, dog. Yeah, he was like, I, I, I hope he's really okay. And he was really so concerned. You could see in Lewis's face that he was like so concerned about this guy. Because he's like, I've never seen an accident like this. And he actually like left the thing, the, the, interview. the interview. Like he just mised it. And he just looked and he was like, yo. And just to find out like moments later that nah, he's gone, he passed away. It's like, yo. I think yeah. it, it, it also like, it also like reiterates how the sport is so dangerous and anything anything could happen and it could have been Alex, it could have been Daniel Ricardo, it could have been Lewis Hamilton, it could have been anyone, you know. Um, yeah, it, it could have been anyone and that you shouldn't take any moment of the sport for granted. Yeah, yeah no, definitely, definitely. And I think everyone in the paddock, everyone from Formula 1 to Formula 3, I think, understands the dangers of motorsport and racing whenever they get into our car, you know, and they speak about it, like, intensively, you know, like, the sport in general has taken many lives, you know, but fortunately, like, in in recent years, especially in Formula 1, we're looking at Formula 1 on its own, it hasn't been that much, you know, like, within, I think, I was watching, um, I was watching some YouTube video, you know, yesterday or something like that, you know, and it was saying that, like before Antoine Antoine Hubert, the the last yeah, like I mean, in the past thirty years since like a big nineteen ninety type of vibes, you know, there have been only yeah. two major accidents that have led to people's death. One or oh, three, sorry, um, one being in ninety four in in Emila with Ertin Senna and I forgot the other driver, and then Jaws Bianchi in twenty fifteen, I think. Um, which was also a big thing because Jaws Bianchi was also um, Leclerc's Leclerc's what's this? Leclerc's godfather. So he he also had like yeah. a personal I wouldn't say like a personal vendetta, but like he also had that thing where when he got into Ferrari, he wanted to like he wanted to prove himself and he wanted to do well not only for himself but only for his his late godfather whose his life was taken away only within the wheel, you know. But it's it's a very it's a very very dangerous sport, you know. Even that car, that crash it happened, I think it was in an F two race on the Saturday of the Belgian Grand Prix. Yeah. Was like that race was immediately after that crash it was immediately um cancelled. I remember actually watching the the Grand Prix because. I was I was watching it for quality, you know, and I think it was after practice 
three and they were preparing to get into like to go into um or to go into qualifying you know and you think about how like yeah. these guys like someone had recently died on 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 the track and they had to get into the car and still like on that day drive as fast as they can on the edge for yeah. qualifying and the next yeah. day like especially drive, Alex. drive for the race you know especially like like how you said Pierre Gasly Pierre Gasly was someone who grew up with Anton Hubert this is the um, this is, this is the, the driver who passed away in that race you know yeah. um French driver so they both French they both grew up together both went through the ranks together and stuff like that he was an F2 his aspirations his biggest aspiration was definitely to be an F1 one day and to stand on the F1 paddock you know so that was a big thing for him and to have his yeah. life taken away you know it was also one of those realization moments from the entire paddock that a dog whatever you like with with this um with the sport that we're taking we're taking a huge risk dog but like i mean we do enjoy it we don't when we're out there we don't even think about it and stuff like that and i commend fia and formula one in itself in terms of the improvements that they've made because in that video that i was talking about that i was watching earlier it was saying that yeah. in in the early in the what's this between 1951 and 1961 13 drivers had died in f1 13 people had died in the space of 10 years type of vibes you know and like as a driver boy 13 like 13 of your your rivals of your of your of your friends of someone of people that you know have passed in a car and you still have to get into the car and do the job at the end of the day at the best pace at at at, at, at the edge all of that all of that you know it's, it was very hectic you know and he was also close to charlie leclerc um as well but not as close as as as, as gasly as, as uh, of course but like he was also close to charlie uh, charlie and he won that 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 um that grand prix which this was all in documented in episode six and it was actually dedicated to Antoine Hubert. you know that was a very touching moment it was a very sad moment yeah. you know it's it's one yeah. of those ones where I think I have to reiterate. You know, you look at the sport and you look at the drivers and you realize that they're making a huge risk. They're putting their lives on the line, and you know, it's sometimes it's it's all for our entertainment at the end of the day. But like, you also realize that these guys are also human. These guys are, like those crashes yeah. can get yeah. hectic, hectic. I remember Spa in 2018. I think it was I don't know if it was Alonso or Eric's like but like one of the cars like got bumped from behind and he flew over a car, you know. And like with the protection of the halo, which is what I commend the FA of, of introducing, I think it was Alonso, he's his head could have probably been chopped off because of, 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 of that of that whole incident type of vibes. Even Ericsson spit like um in twenty eighteen and in, in Monza, his crash was very hectic. Um and yeah mm-hmm. it's one of those ones where you, you he never fully recovered from that type of vibe. Not not necessarily physically he did recover physically of course, but like the, he never like he, his driving was never the same and that eventually led to him losing his seat, you know, which is yeah. very, very big, yeah. you know yeah in terms of in terms of how the team yeah how the teams how, how the teams come together and review a race i like i also like the the sense of accountability especially mm. when they showed mm. the the mercedes-benz review when 
the team is sitting down and everyone is sitting down and they're watching the race with their headphones and Lewis switched on the mic and was like, guys, I'm very sorry. Um, I didn't mean for this to happen. Mm. And mm. He, he went to the team principal and actually accounted for him before his mistakes and said, I'm sorry. Um, I hope you forgive me. And he really put his hand up and say, you know what? It's actually my fault and I'm sorry. I just like the sense of accountability when it comes to F1 as well. Especially with someone like Lewis Hamilton, who knows that he's not the driver um, to perform on a bad day and do things on purpose because he loves winning as much as the team wants to win. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I think that's one thing that I like about um, F1 since I've started watching it this year, especially Drives of Survive. What a, what a way to introduce uh, a documentary into Netflix. Yeah. When, not, when, when not a lot of people, if, if, if I'm safe to say that, not a lot of people know about it. Yeah, but now I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm yeah, very and excited. That, and that was an episode. It, that was an episode four when it was it was focusing on Mercedes. You know, um, yeah. it started all focusing like it started off with Nicky Lauda's death, rest in peace, um, which happened on the on the week of Monaco. And Nicky Lauda was someone who was very heavily involved in the Mercedes regime and their success yeah. in where they are right now. You know, he was close mates with Toto Wolff. Yeah. Was wasn't he chairman at one point? Yeah, I think he was oh. probably. I think he was chairman at a point. I'm not sure yeah. which point exactly, but yeah, he was close, like very close with Toto Wolff, the principal of Mercedes, very close with Lewis Hamilton as well. And I mean, Nicky Lauda is a is a is a legend of Formula One. You know, the three world championships, I think, in '75, '77, and '84, um, or '83. I've, I forgot, yeah, but yeah, like he's a legend of the game, definitely a legend of the sport, you know, and his death, you know, and Lewis Hamilton winning in that race, which was the high of the Mercedes and then looking at the low of how they were cele- celebrating the 125th um, anniversary as a motor, as a mo- in, in motorsports, but this is Mercedes, especially in Germany, you know, and that was probably arguably one of the best race of that season, one it's definitely up there as one of the best rates of the decade, you know. Um, and Lewis eventually finished, I think he finished 11th. He finished P11, Max won. But Lewis crashed and he got a penalty because he also entered the pit lane wrong. So, and then you also experience like the the, the, um, the behind the scenes type of vibes, what you were talking about, you know, how like yeah. the, the, t- the, 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 the team meetings, you know, after the, after the race and Lewis, admitting that no guys are actually fucked up i'm really sorry i let you guys down bloody blah, blah blah you know it's 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 very it's very interesting you you connect with the, you can you, it gives you opportunity to be able to connect with the drivers and, and and see what actually what actually it takes and what goes into a weekend you know um i think there's um there's another there's another part of that with with with, with the william scandal um was this, I think with George Russell, I think it was at Silverstone. You know how Williams was struggling last year. I think even um, they, they, I think they were late by two days in winter testing. They didn't have a car. They, oh, they didn't have parts. They had the car, but they didn't have like certain parts. So like I think Claire Williams, like it, even in the documentary, it, it, it talks about that how was this Claire Williams had to like fly with these parts to Spain put them into the car late you know it was just a disaster and you could see the frustration from from george russell like within that pre- within that brief after that silverstone he was like no guys like 
I know I'm a good driver, but this car is really shit. Like, you guys are really making me look bad out there, bloody, bloody, you know, like, going on that, like, he's trying to do his best. And, like, one week the car's, you can, like, it's kind of performing well. The next, it's not. But then, with all of that, they're still in the back of them. They're still in the back of the grid. Like, he can do, like, the best he can, but it's still not enough to be, even be... Um, to even be 18, 17 or battle within the middle of that pack, the car was just crap type of vibes and you know it's, yeah. it, it gives you that emotion and that, that, that connection, you know, that human factor within the drivers themselves and you actually realise these people actually go through a lot you know, um, mm -hmm. within a, a Formula 1 weekend you know, type of vibes Yeah, and, and I feel like the concept of teamwork makes the dream work Mm. is really 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 big in f1 because mm. if that if, if the team doesn't pull together if, if 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 the people that are not dealing with the wheels are not fine then the guys in the engine have to suffer and the guys in the engine have to suffer then the guys in the wheels have to suffer the guys in suspension you know like it everything has to be perfect everyone has to pull their weight from suspension to 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 engine to to wheels to to everything, the drive performing, to pit stops, to everything, to like to everything. settings of a car, yeah, rate, like everything, aerodynamics. It's very huge. Like as much as you can, you can argue it's kind of an individual sport because it's one driver in one car. Formula One is probably like up there as one of the most team sports because you depend on so many people. You depend on so many, so many people, different yeah. aspects of motorsport within that you know and it contributes to the actual race it's it, it's so in-depth you know yeah 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 i'll say that um i'd highly recommend it to anyone who wants to learn about f1 especially if you're a beginner i, I feel like mm. with me as a beginner i related it with it so much because it was a thing of hey guys this is f1 and this one goes down mm. and i was like wow okay i'm intrigued now because you're teaching me about f1 mm. and you're telling me where the drivers are and what goes in behind the business of actually seeing lewis hamilton in the seat driving so you're telling me the, the, the preprints and um, the teams that are coming in and who are the sponsors and what they supply and everything so i, I feel like if you want to watch um Drive to survive. It's 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 amazing. It's it is amazing. Great, it is amazing. It is a very good series. Yeah, it's a it's it, it's a great series documentary. Um, yeah. you can watch to familiarize yourself with F one and the F one world. And I mean to speak about the money thing that you that that you raised up earlier with the Alex Albon thing. I mean, Formula One is probably like it's it's touted as. In terms, it's the most expensive sport to get into type of vibes, you know, because there's so much money in terms of sponsors that go into it. Um, I was also like I said, like I was watching another video that was like that was talking about the sponsorships and the money. And you look, for instance, um, what's this? Like the different teams and the amount of money that's put into sponsors. I think Ferrari, the amount of money that they get from their sponsors is like two hundred. 85 million to like 300 million and you look at a, a small team like has has from sponsorship deals they get probably like i mean this is ferrari gets the most amount of money in terms of sponsors um so sponsors is a big thing you know uh with what's this 
with um, has I think it's one about it's one about forty to like sixty five million. You know, look at those contrasts and and those money like they come from these companies that are attached to these to these drivers. Like for instance, like I was saying earlier on, how Lance Show is in a racing point seat because of his father. Apparently, his father puts in in excess of thirty million to the team so that you know, they, it operates you know the factory lights are on and all of that you know they can go to every weekend and be able to compete you know um what's this even lewis hamilton i think it's been heavily documented how i think his father like there's stories about how his father had to like maintain three jobs so that lewis can be able to go go karting you know and he was fortunate enough to get like sponsors from um sponsors from like uk based companies you know stuff like that to be able to get him into a car because it is so expensive it is so expensive it's not even it is not it's not even funny yeah and and, and like what what would you rate this this documentary out of 10 or would you out of 10 i'll give 10. you a rating and i'll tell you why right Mm-hmm. Um, I rate I rate season one a seven and a half, a good seven, mm-hmm. and I rate season two a between eight and nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think I think I've said it before, like but like it's it gives you that insight to what Formula One is, what goes behind in terms of. Formula One to a, a racing weekend, you know, the behind the scenes, the, the contract negotiations, the um, the battles among this amongst the teams, the, the the rivalries between the between the drivers, you know, the ups and downs of Formula One. It follows everything. It follows all of those things, you know. And the reason why I probably didn't I, like season one is not is is not high rated, is it doesn't involve all of the teams, you know. I would have been interested in to see. Like for instance, in season one, a story on Ferrari, a story on Mercedes, a story on what other team is not there? Uh, what other team is not there? Oh, on, no, Salvo's there. Yeah. I forgot the I forgot the yeah. other team. Oh, Williams, Williams, Williams has nothing Williams. In, in, in in is not really featured in season one, but like in season two, you get like you get an episode that is purely what's this? That is purely dedicated to Williams. That tells you like the the issues from the start, like from testing, how they were having issues with the car, with the parts that they didn't have, them showing up late and stuff like that, and that how that ripple effect just affected the whole season, and the whole season was just a slump. It was the back of the paddock, back of the like back of everything, but like you can see the amount of work and the amount of dedication that they had because like i mean even with their pit stops i think williams had very good pit stops throughout that season you know throughout the 29 season they were like amongst the best i think they were the first team um to have a sub two pit sub two second pit stop you know and that's huge in the sport you may think about like sub two pit stop is the car was stationary for less than two seconds you know yeah, that's, that's how crazy. quick like yeah. all four tires changed and put back in and the cars on the move again you know 
so yeah even the stories of like ferrari how they won in italy that high and then looking at that contrast with with the usa like i've mentioned before the inter-rivals between nika hockenberg and and ricardo which is documented in episode eight you know how ricardo it's it's that whole thing of how reynolds has struggled but in the previous year they were so good and the only reason why Ricardo went to Reynolds was because they were very promising, you know. They they spoke the right things to him, you know. They were supposed to be yeah. competing and closing that top three gap type of vibes, you know. Yeah, it's very it was it was very good. It was a very good season, you know. Even the Alex Albon stories, you know, like how he had to support you you were mentioning it earlier, how he had to support his family at as a as a teenager you know not, and I, and i don't mean teenager by 18 i mean someone who's like 13 14 he has to support his family because his mom is, yeah. is, is in jail with fraud and stuff like that you know and it's something that he doesn't regret it's something that doesn't have um he doesn't have any hard feelings against his mother or anything like that which is which is beautiful you know to be able to like forgive her and stuff like yeah. that you know and how he was then pipped off his first podium you know even how gasly got his first podium after the season he was having because he was having a slump of a season and then he was eventually dropped by um dropped by red bull and alex Albon promoted to the seat you know and he eventually got into a podium at the end with that drag race in in in, in emila with 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 lewis hamilton you know which was very exciting so yeah no, like i mean i could speak all day about Formula One about the series. Yeah. I really, really hate the series highly. If you're someone who's interested in Formula One, if you're someone you want to know like the nitty gritties about Formula One at the moment, like I mean, it's very brief. It's very behind the scenes type of vibes. It doesn't like I mean, it does focuses on races and stuff like that, but it doesn't focus on all of them. So, but like it's a very good introduction. It's a very good way to be able to start to to, to know about Formula One. And with no races happening right now, it's kind of a good. It's a kind of a good opportunity to be able to know what's what. Pick your team if you want to pick a favorite team, and then when everything resumes, when it does eventually resume with all the corona and everything like that, you mean you you already know what's what. You already know who's who, who's the team principals, who are the drivers, who are the teams, what are the races, what are the circles that are out there, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, um, what goes behind a Formula Weekend, you know, from practice one, what happens there, practice two, um, qualifying, and the actual race. Of course which is the main event you know that's a very very yeah. good series very very good documentary but definitely recommend it to anyone who would be interested in knowing or even if it's just something you want to watch out of you know just interest you know interest, just like yeah. one, just watching jay just because you know type of vibes definitely would recommend it and you what yeah. would you rate it i'll rate it i'll rate it a good a good eight I'll tell you why. It's because um, I like how they go so in depth into how the teams function. Like mm, as you said, mm, mm. Um, I like I, I like how they interview the team principal and his family, and how they go in depth of like how an ordinary F one. Um, I, I think it's safe to say, person who works in the F one industry. Goes goes about their ordinary life and how like they get to the the, the circuit and how everything just comes together. How they mm. upload the car. I just like how like they don't live, they, they don't leave anything behind. No stone how, unturned. 
Yeah, no stern answer. And I and I like that. So I I think that's why I'll give it a good eight. Mm. But yeah, guys, I would highly recommend this documentary to anyone who wants to learn about Formula One, even if it's out of interest, so again, even if it's just out of, you know, I don't know, anything you want to do or you want to get into Formula One, I suggest you actually watch um, Drive to Survive. And another but thing yeah, I need to I add on to what you were saying, you know, it also focuses on the smaller teams, you know, your Hasses, your Torres, yeah. your Williams, your your Saubers, your or who which is which is now what are they now? Oh, they're back to Salva, but in, in twenty nineteen they were Arthur Romeo. Oh, they still offer Romeo typically. Um all of that, the smaller teams, the Reynolds, I mean, Reynolds is not a small team, but like, it's not only about Red Bull, Mercedes and Ferrari, you know, like majority yeah, yeah. of the seasons, it's all about like the other seasons, you know, the other teams, sorry, you know, so you get, and it's, that midfield pack is so, it's so tight, it's so like, it's so interesting, you know, type of vibes, and it's mm. one that's like, it's it's well documented, it's well documented, it gives you an insight to that because there's, like a lot of criticisms with Formula One, with how at the moment, like the races are like it's not as entertaining because the gap, like the gap between one and two is kind of big, you know, Mercedes and whoever is is competing with them. You know, Mercedes has won six championships back to back to back to back to back, you know, type of vibes. Yeah. And how but like, you know, and Ferrari is trying, Red Bull is trying, but they're just not good enough. But like everything else in the, from four downwards four downwards to ten okay to, to eight not probably like it's so tight between reynolds mclaren Haas, toro rosso salva you know um what other team for force india you know williams is one that's is currently struggling at the moment but it's also interesting to hear why they're actually struggling you know like i mean i think i've said it before williams is a big team williams in 2015 i think they finished third in the contracts in the um, Constructors Championship, you know, for for a team that was finishing third five years ago, to being stone yeah. dead last with no no competing whatsoever type of vibe, with probably the shittest car in recent history. Okay, not the shittest, but like I mean, compared <laughs> to everyone else, it's like doing really really badly. And you get to know yeah. why they were doing so badly, what was going so wrong, you know, even how Paddy Lowe was it was was into that and all of that it's it's very very good series very yeah. very good documentary man. yeah um i think i think that that mm-hmm. uh, uh thank you so much guys for joining um from the stand sportscast um if you haven't um followed us on instagram our page is um from the stand sportcast and on twitter it is from the stand sportcast as well if i'm not mistaken FTS Sportscast. FTS Sportscast. Um, and yeah, guys, um, we, really love, oh, <laughs> we really love how you guys are showing love towards the pages. And um, for, for myself, because um, uh, I'm more interested, I'm more like into like the Instagram page. I love how like the interaction is going. But yeah, guys, um, keep on supporting us. Um, we love the sport. We love um, you guys um, resharing, liking, commenting um, our content. And um, my socials are bendulo.busane at um, on on Instagram. And Sandy, on your side? Um, my socials at underscore sanchezza, both Instagram and Twitter. 
make sure you follow make sure you follow the pages if like you said from the stat sports cards on instagram um fts sports cast on twitter and like like Pepsi said, we really appreciate the support, the love that you guys are giving us, you know, very interactive stuff. Um, we're looking into coming back into podcasts. We're going to see how this definitely, like, how this works, because, like, we're not together at the moment, and we're doing this through teams. So definitely trying to bring back more podcast content back to to the channel and all of that. And, I mean, like, this is also a very, like, a special weekend, a very fun weekend to me, like, I mean, because FTS turned one on the 1st of May, yeah. which was, I mean, to the listeners, like, three days ago, I think, but to us, it was <laughs> on Friday. It was a Friday, the 1st of May. Two days ago, yeah. Yeah, Friday, you know, FTS turned one, like, a year ago on the 1st of May 2019, we released our first episode. That was, that was something that was special. So, like, yeah, definitely appreciate the support, appreciate the love definitely going to be bringing more content and within the next couple of weeks we're just going to be bringing um series and sports series sports like sports movies and sports documentaries um to recommend to you guys you know giving them a review talking about them on a, an in-depth level um hopefully you guys also check them out and and, and enjoy them to the same level that we have and interact with us you know how you found the series how you found remember what's this remember the titans the movie how you found drive to survive you know um if you picked up something that we may have not picked up you know or a talking point that you can have you definitely welcome to interact with us you know we we here to have this interaction and this is what from the stand is all about um it's bringing people together to have chats about and have conversations about sports um not only like about recent sport especially now that we don't have anything live you know just talk about stuff whatever's happening out there with sports whatever sports news there is and whatever dockies matches or anything like that you know reminiscing and all of that yeah um stay safe stay home and yeah this was fts episode three uh doing the reviews of the dockies sports dockies and sports episodes and we are out.